The one marketing topic that I like to talk about frequently is Amazon advertising. Uh, Amazon ads are those sponsored books that you see at the top of Amazon search pages. You can also find them on Amazon book pages and even on a local Kindle's lock screen for very special books. Uh, Amazon ads are a key strategy for a lot of indie authors and one of the reasons I like to talk about them frequently is because they're one of the fastest changing marketing strategies right now. Blogging strategy hasn't changed a whole lot in the last five years, but Amazon ads have changed completely several times. It's not like it was in the old days when all you had to do was put up an ad for it to be profitable. In 2021, it is different. So how have things changed and what do you need to know as an author is exactly what we're going to talk about in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm your host, CEO of Author Media and Vulcan of Book Marketing, Thomas Umstead Jr., and joining us today to help us navigate the turbulent world of Amazon ads is a best-selling author and host of the Sell More Book Show. And while Novel Marketing is the longest-running book marketing podcast, the Sell More Book Show has passed us in the number of episodes. Why? Because I take breaks and they do not. <laughs> Brian Cohen, welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you, Thomas. I, I do apologize for... I, I there, You have kids, so I know you're dealing with probably our kid... If we go ahead of her down the stairs, she gets annoyed because she wants to be the leader. She wants to be there. So I absolutely, from that example, know how you must feel. <laughs> and I do apologize for, for any feelings like that. Oh, no, no worries at all. But I should ask, you know, we're talking about Amazon ads. Why are they such a popular strategy with indie authors? Oh, I think there's a few reasons for that. They're pretty easy when it comes down to it. They're they're not easy just in a you walk off the streets and you're into a, a new campaign, but they're they're easy by comparison. It's a it's a platform that tends to not overspend your money if you're careful. It's a platform that hey, a lot of authors sell the majority of their books on Amazon, and this is an ad that is on Amazon as well. And so it's like promoting like. So so those are kind of the main reasons. It, it's easy-ish, it's cheap-ish, and it's it's not going to take people off of a social media page or off of a discount 99-cent page. It's it's. People on Amazon looking for books, clicking your ads, and hopefully buying yours. Yeah, it's the equivalent of the in-store promotion at the grocery store, right? You're at the grocery store and there's that big, you know, promo for a product. You're already there at the store. You're already in that aisle and that big promo's right there. And it's very easy to make that purchasing decision for the purchaser's perspective. But it's also, like you said, easy for the author. And if you compare that to, say, podcast advertising, which arguably has a higher return on investment than Amazon ads. But the challenge though is that podcast advertising is really complicated. There's not one dashboard. There's, you know, dozens of relationships with different podcasters who you have to find on your own. <laughs> There's no podcast advertising dashboard where you can spend $5 and see if you're getting a return on your investment. It's, it's more complicated. And because it's more complicated, the ROI is potentially higher, but it's so complicated that most authors don't even try it because it, it's impenetrable. So uh, what are some tips for somebody who's wanting to get started with Amazon ads? Well, I think the first thing is to do a little bit of research. Don't don't go in there blind because you you need to know your book decently well because Amazon ads run on your bid that you choose, how much you want to pay for a click, and relevancy, how closely related your book is to these other books that you're trying to get your book to show up on. Someone searches uh, Christian fiction, you want to show up on that page if you write Christian fiction. If you're writing Paranormal Cozy, you definitely don't want to show up on the Christian fiction search because it's one star, Satan. But you are going to 
uh, need to be very smart about bidding relatively low while keeping relevancy very, very high. It's not a lot of value to you to go and create hundreds of ads on whatever the heck you can find as a target. Because that one star Satan example is actually a really important principle. And it doesn't just apply to Christian readers. It literally applies to every kind of readers. You can determine how many stars your book has partly by picking the right kind of readers. <laughs> if you're advertising to the wrong readers and they're going to leave bad reviews for your book because they thought your book was something and it ended up being something else or it's just not the kind of book that they like. You know, I don't read Amish fiction. I'm sorry. I don't have anything against it, but I want, you know, drama and excitement and dragons <laughs> in the books that I read. And and so if if someone were to somehow bamboozle me into buying out, uh, this is obviously an extreme example, but it it's illustrates the point that you want to pick your readers very carefully. And the better you pick your readers, the better your reviews are going to be, which then helps you sell more books to more readers. Yeah. Uh, now, you mentioned bidding. And this is one of those things that people like us, we take for granted, that we understand how these auctions work. So uh, so walk us through it, because it's not like going to an auction for you know fine art where you're holding up a paddle and you're bidding. The auction is happening 24 hours a day, and it's happening by bots, effectively. Uh, so walk us through that bidding process, because I know it's really similar both on Amazon and Facebook and Google, actually. They all use similar kinds of auctions. So essentially... You are telling Amazon, I don't want to pay more than this when someone sees my ad, clicks on it, and goes to your sales page. Uh, there's some bells and whistles you can play with to, to change it in certain circumstances, but you mostly just say, hey, Amazon, I don't want to spend more than 35 cents. And Amazon says, great. So when your campaign is submitted, it goes into, like you said, these magical bot auctions and your ad with your bid is basically in a queue. It's in some kind of line and based on your bid to a certain extent, the ads that have a higher bid than yours can show before yours. Because they wanted to pay more, Amazon likes money, so they tend to seat the ones that are the, the, the higher spenders ahead of the lower spenders. But, and I would say former Amazon ad employee Janet Margot really pointed me in this direction. She has great stuff in, in Mark Dawson's Ads for Authors program. The relevancy is also a factor in what place in line your ad shows up. Now, it's not always a line. There is a carousel, as they call it, that shows up on a lot of pages on Amazon, the actual sales pages of the book. And you might see it, uh, sponsored products uh, or books you might like or whatever they're calling it these days. They're always changing that. But you'll see a, a, about 15 pages of 10 ads each. You click an arrow and they show up. And some of that order is determined by how much you spend and some of it by relevancy. But it's not always a carousel. As you mentioned earlier, Thomas, there's, there are search results. If I search um, self-help book, then... Amazon's wonderful queue of ads kind of magically immediately selects a couple of books that they're going to put at the top based on how much you bid and how relevant your book is to what the search is. And then a little later down the page, they're going to put another two books there. And they end up having about four ads per page there. And then they have a special sponsored brand ad space at the top. But I, I, I don't recommend sponsored brand ads because they're kind of expensive. They're like the Amazon version of buying likes. It's for it's for exposure to try to get your book out there, but it's not always a great profit return on investment. And that that's really what we're we're talking about today. 
Because with any kind of brand advertising, it's not just on Amazon, but TV advertising tends to be brand advertising, radio advertising tends to be brand advertising. You're bidding against very profitable companies, very wealthy companies that are not trying to make money on the ad necessarily, right? They're just trying to establish their brand and they're not watching every penny. And so if they lose a little bit of money now, they're okay because their goal isn't to make money with the ad. Their goal is to build their brand. And this is how, you know, brands like Nike and Coca-Cola are built. And you're not going to, with your $10,000 budget or $100,000 budget, which seems like a lot of money to you and is a rounding error for a brand, (laughs) you're not going to be able to compete with them and you're not going to be able to outbid them, which is why that's not a good strategy because they're the quote-unquote dumb money chasing out the smart money. But they're not really dumb money because they're trying to accomplish a different goal. But going back to your bidding example, I want to explain it another way. Let's say there's three authors, Andrew, Betty, and Charlie. And Andrew, A, is bidding 50 cents a click, but he's only paying $5 a day. This is his max. And then Betty's paying uh, 30 cents a click, and Charlie's paying 20 cents a click. So Andrew's going to get, it, assuming that they all have the same relevancy, all five, 10 of his clicks. He's going to spend his full $5 because he's paying the most per click. Then Betty will get whatever's left over. And then and once she fills up her budget, any leftover clicks will go to Charlie. And so some days, maybe only Andrew gets clicks, right? Maybe only three people, you know, do the search, that the keyword that they're all bidding on. But here's going back to what you said about quality score, which is the Google term. I don't know what the Amazon term is, but it's the same idea. It's relevancy, but... Yeah, it, I think, I I think Amazon calls it relevancy. The Google term is quality score, I, I believe. Right. But everyone's copying Google. They're the ones who invented this and made their billions. But let's say somebody's doing a search for author Betty. Now, Betty, who's only bidding 30 cents a click, she'll probably rank number one, even though she's not the highest bidder, because she's the most relevant click. Because the kind of person who's searching for author Betty is looking for Betty more likely than they are looking for Andrew. And Andrew, who's trying to snipe Betty, (laughs) readers, is going to have to pay a whole lot more money to outrank Betty for her own name. Is that a good way of explaining it? I think so. I think so. And I think it's good that you mentioned for authors who are as relevant as some other authors. Yes, the higher spend will tend to win out. But the other factor there is, let's say Andrew has uh, run the numbers and found that, well, the most he can bid to be profitable for his book is 40 cents then every time he gets a click that is over 40 cents he's actually losing money and so we have to be very careful about saying oh my ad doesn't seem to be doing anything well let's just jack up that bid because then hey i will start getting clicks but it's not just about getting clicks it's about getting profitable clicks that help to keep us uh, in the black, that help to keep us above water. Because, oh, it's easy to bid $2 clicks and, and use your budget every single day. But unless you are Bella Forest and you got 40 book series, it's probably not going to be as effective for you. That's right. Because let's say Andrew's paying that 50 cents a click. And let's say that only one out of 10 people who click his ad go on to buy his book. Right, so that means that he has to get, he has to buy ten clicks uh, to sell a copy of his book. And so, if he's selling his book for five dollars and he's spending five dollars to get a reader, he's losing money because Amazon is going to take their piece of the pie, unless he has a bunch of other books in his series and he has a high sell-through rate. So maybe he loses money on book one, but he knows by looking at his numbers that fifty percent of people who buy book one go on to read book two. And, you know, 45% of people who buy book one buy all 10 books in his series or something. And he's happy to lose money on those initial sales. And this kind of takes us to where the tail is wagging the dog, where in indie world, uh, authors are creating books specifically to fit Amazon ads rather than creating ads to fit their books. So walk us through that strategy for somebody who's writing a brand new series or a brand new book. How would they make that book an advertising-friendly book? Well, I know we are both uh, good friends with Chris Fox, the one of the creators of the right-to-market concept. There are certain genres that sell better within those genres. 
There are subgenres that can be very popular at any given time. And if you are aiming to get profit, let's just take whether you love writing the book or whether it's in your heart out of the equation for right now. You are writing books that you need to make money to put food on the table. So you write books that you have done the research on that you know, hey, these books tend to sell with these kind of covers, with this kind of book description and this kind of title, and you're a great writer and you optimize the heck out of everything. That book is likely to sell better from paid advertising, especially in the context of maybe writing more than one book in that series. Which is really important. I want to underline this because an author with a bunch of books in a series can bid higher than an author with just one book. Yes, that is correct. And so it doesn't mean they should right away, though. They still have to run the numbers. Uh, I'm very conservative on this. We must stay (laughs) with the low bids. Um, When you are trying to advertise a book like that, you want to uh, you you want to make sure that the marketing is in place before you even write the book so that it is a perfect fit that it is right next to that center bullseye you hit it dead center when you're writing it and marketing it versus let's say a standalone book that you wrote a few years ago that hasn't really been doing anything didn't really think about the marketing when it went into it and then you start running ads on it, it's very likely that the book you wrote and the series you wrote with the marketing in mind first is going to sell better and earn you more profit than the book you wrote several years ago that didn't have as much marketing behind it. Not all books will sell equally from Amazon ads. Amazon ads are not a red push button that says, give me money. It is not that way. The To the victors of the algorithm go the spoils. But Brian, I just want to follow my heart and write the book I want to write. I want to write it for me. That's my passion. Well, I'll tell you, I, I've been seeing, and this is, this is just a credit to the creative marketers in the world out there. I have seen some authors who said, I, I'm not going to write to market. I'm going to write the books I want to write. But they say something that a lot of, 99% of authors in this boat do not say. They say, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to find my readers. And then I'm going to find 25,000 readers just like those readers. And they're going to be my people. And I'm not going to worry about Amazon ads. I'm going to worry about things like, Facebook and retargeting and growing my email list and getting these people and treating them with great care and giving them what they want. I've seen people succeed with that. Usually Amazon advertising is not going to be the most successful with those books, but there's still a possibility. But the people who succeed on that path are braver than you and I, my friend, because that is a tough road to walk. And it still requires resonance with an audience. It still requires, you know, going out there and connecting with readers. And what you don't see is that for every author who's successful with that path, you know, because they just happen to be passionate about a kind of book that already resonates with, you know, thousands or millions of readers. There are hundreds, if not thousands of authors who tried to walk that path and failed because they're just not in tune with the music around them you know they're writing books for themselves and it turns out their audience is just them and maybe a few of their close friends and so it's it is a very hard road but either path you take you have to care about what your readers want and you have to write ultimately for your readers and not for yourself yep i absolutely agree and if you want to hear those episodes i interviewed chris fox on both of these topics so i talked with him about (laughs) his book right to market which is episode 151 And I talked with Chris Fox on ads and his ad strategy, which is episode 193. And one of the things that Chris talked about in episode 193 was that he doesn't believe that you can really advertise a single book. 
and I really pushed him on this. I think it was in that episode, maybe in a webinar. Uh, he really thinks that you have to have a series before you can really do profitable Amazon ads. Do you agree with him on that? Or do you think that it's still in 2021, people can promote a solo book with Amazon ads? It's a sliding scale, right? Because it's easier to make, but when you're, when you are advertising a first book in a series, you are not advertising one book. You are advertising a series and it's easier to make money off of multiple books, multiple potentials for putting money into your pocket than it is for one book. One book that is part of a funnel, say a nonfiction book that leads to a course, that's the same kind of thing. You're not just advertising a book. You're advertising a book that funnels into a course. I've seen plenty of authors with one book who in the book mention their course, their service, their coaching, their what have you, that is all part of the advertising. I've had to push clients on this who, who've said, ah, you know, they, they, you can't really tell who buys our course, whether they come from the book or not. And I say, put that coupon code in today so that you know this number of people came from the books and this number of people came from any other advertising you're doing because that is part of a funnel. And then we get to the book in the desert, the sole book. It's just one book. It, let's say it's for a series that you haven't written books two or three yet, or let's say that it is just a standalone book. That's going to be the hardest of all to advertise because the margins of potential profit in any kind of advertising for books are small. There are people out there who sell $1,000 courses. And when they sell one, they usually are going to make 800 or so dollars of profit on that. That isn't, if you spend $200 to sell one $3 book, you've just lost $197 because the margins are just very tight for books. And so you have to keep that in mind. Does it mean you should not advertise that book? No, but you should run the numbers to see if it's possible to have long-term profit on that book. And this is one of the nice things about Amazon ads is that of all the advertising platforms, it's the easiest to run the numbers because you can see exactly how many copies of your book you sold from a specific ad all in the one dashboard. I have thoughts on that, but you can continue your thought. You no, know, but I mean, compared to say Facebook or Google ads where you have your kind of your data about how your ads are performing in one dashboard and then you have your sales data in another dashboard, maybe you're having to, you know, cross compare with uh, affiliate data. It's, it's harder uh, but the Amazon dashboard is misleading a little bit, which I imagine is what you're going to talk about. In, in, it's misleading, but also, let, let's say I was looking at my stats earlier today. I was recording something, and I said, all right, so I can see right here in my Amazon ad dashboard that for the month of December, December 2020, the ad dashboard says, your ads have sold 215 copies of your books. It says, we have tracked that these ads definitely, you guys, definitely have sold 215 books. Not more, not less. Then I looked at my sales dashboard. My, I looked at, I use Book Report, uh, which is a good tool for looking at your sales. And I said, you know, I'm going to just look, look into this blind. I know that there is nothing else I do to send traffic to my books other than these Amazon ads. So I'm going to take Amazon at its word. I'm going to assume exactly 215 copies will be in my dashboard. So I open it up. It was 850. And I said, Wait, how is that possible? I mean, I the Amazon told me, they said, pinky swear, these are the true real numbers. And so I have kind of two things I can believe. I can believe that over 600 sales in this month came from organic, magical, free-range, gluten-free 
Sales. Word of mouth, you know, the golden word of mouth. Those 200 you know. people each went out and found three other people, and now you've gotten your 800 sales or whatever the number is to. Or, and this is, there are people out there, you might get hate mail because there are people out there, Thomas, who say Brian is full of junk with this. But the other thing that I feel as though I can believe is I'm going to attribute. Every single sale on my dashboard, on my book report, to those ads. Because it's the only marketing I'm running. Now, sure, you could say, well, Brian, why don't you count 20% maybe as a word of mouth or organic free-range sales? And I say, no. I'm just going to say that those 4,000 clicks I had led to those 800 sales it's simple, it's cut and dry, and that gives me a better idea of what those clicks can lead to. And it's a lot easier to look at trend-wise on a month-by-month-by-month basis. And I have seen authors use this strategy to go from $200 to $1,000 a month all the way up to Forty-five hundred to $11,000 a month just saying, great, Amazon ad dashboard is, is uh, not very helpful in this statistic. Great. I'm going to just dive deep into that belief that Brian is saying. So what you're saying is by believing that all the sales are coming from Amazon ads, which you know isn't true, but it may be closer to the truth than believing the Amazon number This is your case here, that it allows you to be more aggressive in your advertising, which brings in more sales because believing that all of the sales are coming from Amazon is a more useful guess at the true truth, which we don't know. Right, we we don't know the motivation of every reader, and we don't know, you know, how how they came to that page and what caused them to buy. And maybe you know, it's a direct ripple, right? The the first people clicked the ads, and then they told their friends, or they went on to buy additional books that they bought not by clicking on an ad, but by doing a direct search or something like that. Right, you get me, Thomas. You you absolutely do. Neither way is a hundred percent accurate, but. One way tends to be more accurate and more scalable. And we're all looking to sell more books and make more profit. So the more accurate and more scalable point of view ends up being the one that I've seen a lot of authors have success with. So I will say this breaks down the more marketing you're doing for your book. You, you can't assume it's all coming from Amazon ads if you're also buying Facebook ads and you're also going on a podcast tour and you're also buying a book bub and you know, you're also have an active email list and you're cross promoting with other authors. The more additional marketing tactics you use, the more you really do need to try to figure out how many of those ads are coming from Amazon, lest you overbid. But there is a sense that the more marketing you do for a book on multiple channels, the more effective your ads will be because more people are going to be searching for Brian Cohen, which will be a cheaper click for you than for, you know, young adult, you know, fantasy, right? Which is going to be a more expensive click for two reasons. One, you're going to be less relevant because you're competing with more advertisers to be relevant. And two, fewer people are buying Brian Cohen. (laughs) So, and you're super relevant for Brian Cohen. So you'd rather people already know who you are, even if they are going to come in as an advertising click. Yes. And let me tell you, I mean, this is where it gets a little more uh, guesswork, but I am guessing that for a reader to click from Amazon to another Amazon page is likely to be a higher conversion rate than a person clicking from Facebook to Amazon or BookBub to Amazon because you lose people when they go from one site to another. Uh, case in point, I have a client who's doing very, very well with a very popular genre, but very popular subgenre. And I pushed her. I said, you spent $10,000 on Facebook in your last launch. And, and she made significantly more than that. that. Wouldn't we all be so lucky? But I said, look, if you can... Spend that 10000 on Amazon instead. 
I think your launch is going to go better. And lo and behold, she, it was very hard to get Amazon to spend that much money, but we did it. We worked on it together and she reached her highest ever. She'd hit in the store, number 18 in the store. She had oodles and oodles of Amazon data and it was a huge success. And it was because even though she had previously seen evidence I spent this money on Facebook. Here's where I reached. It must be just Facebook. Getting both parts of the data, an experiment with just Facebook, an experiment with just Amazon, allows for an easier comparison between the two. And you're talking about a sequential test where you're doing just Facebook in June and they're doing just Amazon in July, which isn't a perfect test, but it's way better than not testing at all. (laughs) So a perfect test would be that you had two identical books that reached identical audiences and you did some kind of split test. But to split platforms like that, it would be really hard. And I will say, as somebody who's been watching this market, I feel like one of the biggest changes in 2020, 2021 are people following your philosophy of not looking at the Amazon ROI dashboard, but instead just dividing uh, the number of clicks by the total number of sales. And people following your approach are bidding more aggressively and are outbidding people who are not following your approach. <laughs> so, uh, which is pushing those people who are you know keeping their conservative bids are now getting outbid by more authors because there's a lot of authors following your approach. Whether it works and for everyone or not, that's how it's gonna. That's how it's gonna go. And and for what it's worth, I I recommend thirty cent bids if you have a standalone, thirty five cent bids if you have a series starter. But it's also worth knowing what can you bid. And when you run these tests and you look at the numbers, you may. I have a student who she looked at the, her numbers and found. She could bid $2 and still be profitable. So I do not recommend bidding the exact maximum of what you can bid. I recommend about 70%. But if you know you can bid more and will make money, then do it. But you have to know it. You have to have data. You can't just say, well, I'm pretty sure my book is the best on the internet, so I'm going to bid $3. It doesn't work like that. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works to go back to the old commercial. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, when you look at the numbers and you understand your own numbers, you have the confidence. I think you use the word aggressively. I think you could replace that word with confidently. They've bid confidently because they have data that shows they can bid that amount and still earn this amount of profit because they are confident that they saw where their numbers were before ads. They saw where their numbers were after ads so they could continue to run those ads. And Amazon likes this approach of the higher bids because it means they get to keep more of the money. <laughs> so in well, yes. perfect world for Amazon, people keep bidding, upbidding each other until you know, somebody's making the tiniest sliver of margin. So he was like, well, I was making 70% on Amazon, but now I'm giving half of that back to Amazon as ads, or I'm giving almost all of that back to Amazon as advertising to get that little edge. And so it does eventually, using some game theory, the strategy may not work in 2025, 2030, if people continue kind of outbidding each other. And, And this is why it's so important and you and Chris and all the different philosophies, because there's different philosophies in Amazon advertising. But one thing everyone agrees on is that you have to follow your numbers. You can't just hear, oh, Brian Cohen said 35 cents was per click was, was the amount to bid. No, <laughs> that's a starting place to then met, you know experiment to see if you should move that up or down for you. Because it may be 35 cents is a terrible bid, or it may be that you need to be more aggressive. And so following the numbers, and this is, the one area where advertising becomes a little bit intimidating because it does require some simple math. It's four function calculator math though. It's not vector calculus. It's addition, subtraction, uh, division, and multiplication, but it does uh, require doing that. And I guess the one area where you break from the others is that you say, take the total amount of money and use that rather than the number that Amazon gives you. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the one I get the most uh, 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 bags of of feces left on my doorstep about. Yeah. Well, send your angry emails to Brian at BrianCohen.com. I do not have a dog in this fight. I'm presenting all of the various opinions on this show. You can listen. I've talked with actually in, on Novel Marketing at one point or another, almost every uh, Amazon advertising guru. And so right, you yeah. can hear the different voices and their different perspectives. And they're all in the in their disciples. They're all making money. Some are making more money. Some are making less money. So, but the, the key is measurement. That's the one thing they all agree on. It's like all and diets I, agree. I, I Vegetables are say, good for you. <laughs> I love the dissent. I love folks all having these different ideas because like if someone follows a different strategy and is making money, the number one rule, like the proto rule is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you, if you ain't broke, don't change it. If you're following another strategy and it's working, uh, then keep doing it. That's why I don't, what I don't get about the, the bags of poop because it's like, well, there's evidence that some people who do this strategy works and there's evidence that some people who do this strategy works. So to say one strategy doesn't work or the other strategy doesn't work is not accurate because they all work for some people. So I love that there are different methods and I hope that folks will sample some of column A and some of column B and see what works for them and then continue doing more of what works for them. Approach it like a scientist. Now, so people following your method of, of more confident or more aggressive or higher bidding is one thing that's changed with Amazon ads over the last year. What are some other things that you've seen change or maybe on the Amazon side, how have they changed their platform over the last year? I still don't say my strategy is higher bidding because 30, 35 cents it's a lot lower than some of the other folks. I would say my strategy is it would be more accurately the um, comparing the overall numbers versus I think that's more of the feather I want to put in my cap. OK, fair enough. Fair the, enough. Is the overall numbers are a direct result of of the advertising. So ads have changed a lot this year. Just in 2020, it's kind of crazy to go over the whole laundry list. Amazon has expanded into more territories. There now are Australian ads and there are ads in Canada. And I believe it was even in tw early 2020 with the, with the ads in, in Germany and in some of the uh, Spain and France and, and some of the other territories. So that's a big change. And can you buy ads for those other countries through the regular um, advertising dashboard or do you have to create no. new accounts and amazon.de? You have to create new accounts, but Amazon makes it relatively easy if you go through your KDP dashboard and for each individual book, just one time, each individual book, you click the uh, promote and advertise button this will then allow you to create an ad. You, you'll have a whole drop-down menu and you can say, I want to make an ad in the UK. I want to make an ad in Canada. And then it will create your account for you there. Okay. So that's a big change and it's opening up new audiences for American yes. authors. Yeah, because yes. there are other, did you know that there are other countries that also speak English and read English that are not the United States? <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you, you're blowing my mind, Thomas. Okay, so that's um, one big change, opening up other countries. What are some other changes? So another change is that they, they've really, we, we haven't known how they were going to do this or what order. There, you know, I, I run a copywriting agency that writes Amazon ads and book descriptions. And there was a point this year where Amazon said, all right, if you don't use copy, if you do a standard ad where there's no words on it, we'll let you put as many books as you want into the ad. So multi-book ads, you could just, th this was to my knowledge available in some of the international territories, but not in the U.S., now it's available everywhere. You can say, Amazon, I want to advertise all 40 of these books. Now, on Amazon, they still show up one at a time. It's not like you get this massive 40-book ad. But you say, in this campaign, I want to put all of these books. 
And we thought, okay, maybe Amazon's like going to take away writing the copy because there's no copy anywhere international. So we're bracing for that. Then just in the last couple months, Amazon said, okay, fine. You can write copy on the multi-book ads too. And so they were like, okay, so that Maybe they're not getting rid of copies. So we don't know what they're going to do with the words that go on the ads. But now, in the U.S., you can throw as many books as you want into an ad. Probably a good idea for them to be relevant to one another. And at first, you couldn't do that with copy. Now you can. And then all the international territories, you can have multiple books in one ad, but still no copy. And Amazon is constantly doing experiments with their yes. whole platform, really. They're, they can do a split test and see, you know, what the difference is of changing the color of a little orange button, right? The buy button on Amazon. Why is it so ugly? Because that's the color that gets the most clicks. Because <laughs> if they yes. can get 1% more clicks with an ugly button, that's a billion dollars for them uh, or, you know, some huge amount of money. And And so this is part of the reason why... Amazon ads and Facebook ads are changing so quickly because they're constantly changing the rules, right? Can you put text underneath your book cover? Yes, no. It's like, well, you could, then you couldn't, then you can again. And this is why keeping up with it is really important. And why I'm glad that you're on the show giving us an update. So what else has changed over the last year? What it's worth, every time Amazon changes something, me and my team, we have a little, yeah, a little Facebook group chat. Someone, someone comes in and is like, hey, did you see this with a screenshot? And we're like, Ah, crap. And then it's like, all right, well, let's create some more videos to get this new change shown. And the last thing I'll bring up, and I'm sure there's even more changes that I'm forgetting. To this point, there was a, there was kind of a backdoor Amazon account that was this higher level called an Amazon Advantage account. And this account, which not everyone had access to, and then they closed the doors on it uh, at some point in the last year or two, there were certain ad types you could run that you could not run uh, in a regular ad account. And this included the sponsored brand ads that we mentioned earlier in today's episode. And this is a Kindle ads too, right? On the sleep screen for the Kindle. Do you have to have um, an advantage for those? You... Actually, to my knowledge, on Advantage, see, I, I don't want to mess this up. I knew you could do those lock screen ads. They used to be called lock screen. They used to be called sponsored product interest ads. Then they were changed into lock screen ads. Uh, to my knowledge, you could always do that in a regular account. I am not 100% sure. I'll say when I don't know something. If those could be run in an Advantage account as well. But I do know that in an Advantage account, those sponsored brand ads, which look like a logo with three little book covers next to them that show up at the top of your search on Amazon, you could not access those in a regular ad account. Now you can. And the, the jury is still out on these a little bit. Similar to lock screen ads, which I don't recommend for most advertisers, if you get a click on one of these ads, it doesn't mean someone made it to your sales page. In lock screens, they go to an intermediary page that they would then have to click on again to get to your sales page. So I don't like Amazon changing the definitions of things in the middle of stream because it confuses people. So and do they charge you ads. for that first click or for the second click on the intermediary page? The first click. So all of the accidental clicks of somebody grabbing their Kindle in the wrong way and clicking the ad, you have to pay for those on the lock screen. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. And I will say the lock screen ads in those kind of banner ads or those larger brand ads, those were the ads that were more popular with traditional publishers, which is interesting. Yes. Well, it's what they're used to, like an ad in a newspaper. It's like, oh, I understand this. So I get why they did that. It's just not as easy to track when, okay, everything else is clicks, except for like this one thing. We call it clicks, but really we mean detail page views. That's what we mean. It's like, what are you even talking about? And sponsored brand ads are the most confusing of all. So this Pamela Kelly, uh, who does great stuff, in the 20 books to 50k Facebook group has these great uh, why isn't my book selling posts that are really fantastic. 
I didn't quite understand this and she set me straight on this. So if a user, get this Thomas, if a user clicks one of the images of the three books, it does take them to that book sales page. If someone clicks anywhere else on the banner, it takes them to an intermediary page. Which lists all of the three books again, right? But with greater detail? uh, Yes. So, but it's still not actually the sales page. And to my knowledge, these ads do not like distinguish particularly well which was a click to a book and which was a click to this intermediary page. So that ad within the ad itself is already confusing. And so for that reason, I do not recommend lock screen ads or sponsored brand ads at this time, unless you are making a heck of a lot of profit. That's money that you're more willing to risk because they're more confusing and there's a little bit less clarity on what a click is. You know, the fact that I have to ask what is a click is a bad sign because normally it's very clear uh, what, a, what a click is. Taking things, making them a little less advanced before we have to go because we're running out of time. But what are some beginner advertising mistakes that you see? Because I know you work with a lot of people who have never bought an Amazon ad before and they go through one of your courses. And so what are the like the common mistakes uh, for people to avoid? Bidding too high, putting in the wrong number, not double checking. And then they end up saying, hey, my my budget spent. Why is that? And I say, probably because you put in the wrong number. The best way to check this is to enable all of your stats, which are not all there when you first go into an ad account. They only show you some stats. You have to say, actually, I want to look at everything and enable all of those. Then you're going to want to look at your cost per click. If you believe that you have bid 35 cents and you see the cost per click is 50 cents, or just anywhere higher than 35, it usually means that there was a user error that is very easy to make. You bid $3.50 rather than 35 cents. Yes, one hopes not. But usually it just means you accidentally bid 75 cents, which is their standard. But yeah, you do want to be careful of that as a beginner advertiser. You also want to make sure to keep things simple. Let's say you have five books. There is nothing wrong with just running ads on one book to start until you get your feet wet a little bit because you have to keep track of everything. So if you're suddenly going from tracking zero books to tracking five books, it's a lot. Just focus on one book at a time. And the last beginner advice I will say is to not expect magical things to happen overnight. This is a slow and steady process. We have found sometimes 70% of ads just never turn on with these lower bids. And that's a good thing. It's funny, Thomas, you'll probably recognize this. The folks who say like, my ad's not spending, my ad's not spending, my ad's not spending. And then the second start spending is they say, oh my gosh, my ad's spending. Oh my gosh, my ad's spending. So they go with those two extremes very, very quickly. And both of those mindsets are rooted in expecting immediate results. This is not a platform of immediate results. Start with the low bid, double check the bid, start with one book, see how it goes. Don't worry about everything happening right away. So in other words, be faithful in the little things before buying ads on all 30 of your books. (laughs) Yes. Very well said. Now, I know you have a course for beginners coming up that's kind of an on-ramp. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, up the on-ramp. So starting on Monday, January 11th, 2021, I know people listen to your shows well into the future, Thomas. So we have a course coming up. It's a free community course with tons and tons and tons of support. We actually... I talked to my team and I said, how many people do we have on support for this event? And she said, 47. I said, okay, great. So we have 47 people, experienced authors who've taken the challenge or had some success on ads who will be helping out during this five-day Amazon ad profit challenge. It is free of charge. It's a lot of content. We're, We're really more of the opinion that 
let's help you learn how to set this up yourself rather than making some magical promise on a webinar and then saying, you'll figure it all out later, later, later. But we, we walk you through it for free. And we've had a lot of folks get results just from the free stuff, which we love so much. So that is at sellingforauthors.com forward slash January. And I'll give Thomas all the links and stuff, but we do it every quarter. So if you did miss the January 2021 one, we, we, we'll, we'll be back and you can come check us out later. So for those of you listening in the far future, just go to sellingforauthors.com and you'll always have a link to the most recent one, I imagine. Yeah, there on even the if you do slash January, we'll redirect you to to the present day. <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, Brian Cohen, thank you so much for joining us today on the Novel Marketing Podcast. If you want to find links to, uh, to the Sell More Book Show or to the Selling for Authors course, we'll have links in the show notes at authormedia.com. Our sponsor today is the Author Media Mastermind Groups. These are mastermind groups where I personally coach you and up to nine other authors on how to hit your publishing goals. Right now, we have three groups, one for published authors, one for novelists, and one for nonfiction and podcasting. Nonfiction and podcasting are together in a group. There is a Slack channel where you can text me or message me your questions, as well as monthly video calls between me and you or the group. Uh, if you'd like to find out more, you can find out at authormedia.com. And our featured patron today is Cheryl Elton, author of The Pathway of Peace, Living in a Growing Relationship with Christ. Learn how to calm the noises in your mind and experience more of God's peace. And thank you, Cheryl, for being a patron of the podcast, helping keep this show on the air. We could not do this. I could not do this without your support and uh, without the support of the other patrons. And if you would like to become a patron, we'll have a link in the show notes at authormedia.com. And if you can't afford to become a patron, but you still want to help the show, you can just leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Audible. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's left very kind reviews on Audible. It really looks a lot better than the empty room it was just a few weeks ago. And a quick personal update. If I sound a little bit echoier than normal, it's because I am moving. My family and I are moving to be closer to our parents to get some free babysitting. And so we're packing up everything. And my studio, which is normally sound treated, is now just a bunch of boxes and hard walls. Uh, it'll be bad next week, but hopefully the week after that, the audio will be back and I'll be in my new studio and all will be well. Now, you have been listening to Tom Sumstead Jr. and Brian Cohen on the Novel Marketing Podcast. This episode's audio was edited by William Umstadt. The blog post was by Shauna Letellier. And to find the blog version of this episode or to get more episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit authormedia.com. Thank you for listening and live long and prosper.